Welcome to the Eat Right Nutrition Podcast, where we partner with experts in the health, wellness, and nutrition field to deliver you an excellent variety of content based on real science, real facts, and real food. I'm your host, Daron. And I'm Nicole. And today, we're talking fit at any age with Susan Niebergal. having me thanks for coming thanks on for we really appreciate here. it uh you know we've been looking we've been looking through uh scouring social media <laughs> and you know we had jordan syatt on here and obviously you came up <laughs> and we were like hey you know what we like her let's get her on here <laughs> oh thank you i appreciate that you have good content uh it's you know very easily digestible by people which i think thank is you. super important which you know is also something that kind of uh we liked about Jordan Syed as well mm -hmm. is that it's easy to digest and it's just good factual content, right? Yeah. Fun for sure. That's that. Yeah. Super fun content. So you are with Jordan running the inner circle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So tell us a little bit about that. I'm kind of curious about the inner circle and how that works and how that gets. So um, the, I, I started off um, as a member of the inner circle many, many, many years ago and just became kind of involved in the group. Um, we have a Facebook community where all the members interact. And so when I was a member years ago, um, I was really active in that community. And he, Jordan was also my one-on-one -on -one coach. I had hired him to be my one-on-one -on -one coach. So um, we already had a relationship. And as, as I got more involved there, he saw my involvement and he and I became really, really good friends, really close. And we just kind of thought, you know, the inner circle is going to be better with us together running it. And so he brought me on and I've been on now with him for many years. Um, we've been doing the inner circle together. And what we like to do in there is we provide a ton of workout options for everybody. We have simple, easy to follow nutrition guidelines that very much reflects our content. We have video courses that we do every month on different topics to help people. We create manuals that everyone can download. We're getting an app released here really soon. So our members can get their workouts through the app, at least at the beginning, and then more stuff will be added later. Um, and we're just all about the culture of our group because we truly feel like the culture of the inner circle is completely different than any group you'll ever see. And he and I are just amazed by it all the time. It is not one of those groups where we have to moderate, you know, and be careful of who says what in there and remind everybody here are the rules and we don't <laughs> do any of that. And honestly, I think the culture of that group bleeds from the top down, which is him from the yeah. very beginning, right? It was set from the top and it's just kept going. And it's a remarkable place. We just had somebody post just today in there about how she feels like that is the place she can talk about anything, anything that's, that's, bothering her or anything she's celebrating, that group will get it. And that's what we want to do. And we just feel like it's a great community. It, it's, it's at a great price point. You, we provide so much content. So it's just, we want to change the world this way, right? With, with, with a positive environment that's free from all the bull crap that's going on in the world right now. Mm -hmm. And um, just a positive place for everyone to encourage each other, support each other, hold each other accountable and on their way to their goals. And it's been amazing. It continues to be amazing. Tell me a little bit more about this app. So you, is there a food journal coming in that app potentially? Uh, it might be. 
It might be right now. It, I mean, it, and it's a web app, right? So it right now it is just going to be the workouts. Our monthly workouts are in there and, and, and we're just kind of doing one little thing at a time, working out kinks, and then we'll add some other things. We're, we're just loading it so people can access things on their phone easier. You know, yeah. I am not one of those people. So I'm kind of one of those that I'll still do a piece of paper and a pencil on my mm -hmm. workouts, but um, <laughs> that's the old school me talking, but most people want it on their phone. The thing I like the most about it is that when you're in a workout and you click on a workout, the video pops up on your screen. It doesn't take you off that page to the, to the video, right? It pops the video pops up. I don't know whatever that's called technologically, but it pops up. You can see the video, you can close it. It's gone. And you're still on the same page. That to me is pretty cool. I don't know. I'm sure that's not like earth shattering for most people, but for me, it was like, oh, this is great. But I, I think that, that is just another thing. I think that, that we're incorporating that I think our members are going to like and access a lot. Yeah. Everybody wants things in their palm of their hand now when yeah. they're in the gym. Yeah. I'm with you though. I'm kind of old school. I like a paper and a pen. I still mm. have like a, a fitness notebook, but yeah. yeah, I am the get off my lawn old person. in that <laughs> realm. Um, I am just, yeah, I, I like to write it out. I don't know. I like to write a lot of things out. Um, so me too, but, but that's not, I mean, I'm not everybody, most everybody's the other way. And so I think that this is really going to be helpful for people. Yeah. That's amazing. What, what's your fitness journey been like? If we can go back a little bit, I know you said you hired Jordan as your coach. Can yeah. you tell us a little bit about what you were looking to do? And yeah, I mean, I, I have a big, I mean, a fitness history, like I'm 60 years old. So I have a lot of history <laughs> and I, <laughs> um, and that's what my book is about too, is yeah. kind of my fitness journey and all the mistakes I made for all those decades, you know, people in my age bracket will recognize everything I talk about, like those little chocolate appetite suppressants, slim fast yeah. exercise, all those things I did. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it, it, I just was one of those yo-yo dieters. Right. And so when I got exposed to fitness classes, just like most people, they were aerobics based back then with a lot of woo woo, whatever, yeah. and little weights and things like that. That's how I started back in the eighties or nineties, started working with a trainer in the nineties. And I worked with trainers on and off for years and years and years and never really had someone put it all together for me. Like the nutrition package was never talked about for decades, right? Yeah. Like it is now. Um, mm -hmm. It was just the gym trainers. They saw you once a week, they trained you, and that was kind of the end of your experience. But I grew to love training that way. So there was a positive that came out of that. But I never had the complete package until I hired Jordan. Um, gosh, it's been six years ago now. And he actually still writes all my programming too. He knows me so well, so he can, you know, write very easily for me now. But I went to him because I thought I wanted to power lift. And, and so um, we, we started working together, but I didn't go to him for nutrition coaching because I thought at that time I had it all figured out. Mm -hmm. I didn't, um, <laughs> but I did pay attention to what he wrote all of his videos and everything. I, I just uh, consumed everything, became a member of the inner circle as well and put into practice a lot of things. And then he and I had these conversations and things started to change dramatically for me. I mean, dramatically. Yeah. I've completely changed how I look um, at the age of 54, which so many people think it's over, right? I um, was just going to say that because I'm 47 and I have a, a lot of women 45 and over. And I feel like this is one of the reasons why I was really excited to have you on was to talk about that piece yeah. is that it's not over. And actually, mm -hmm. I think it's quite just the beginning. And there's a lot of things you still can change 
at any age. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Because I think we all think as we hit middle age, you know, it's menopause, perimenopause, mm-hmm. all those things that are now, Oh, that's why I can't lose weight anymore. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, this is how it is. And, and that was me. Literally that was me. And, and I remember, and I talk about this in my book, how I, one day I went into my bathroom and looked down, I was looking down at my belly and going, what the hell has happened to me? You know, you just kind of feel like it comes overnight. And then I'm thinking, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, it's middle age. It's menopause. Oh, my thyroid's slow. All those things. I'll just go to the doctor and get the medication and then it's going to be fine. Yeah. And of course I go to the doctor. No medication. (laughs) My my thyroid was fine. And um, then I had to face the fact that the good news was I'm in control. That's actually the best news. But the bad news was for in my head was, oh no, now I have to really face everything that I have not been doing and that I thought I was doing right. And I wasn't doing right. And now I'm faced with change. And that's super hard after 30 some years of thinking you're doing everything right. You know, it's not easy. What are two or three things that you learned that you thought you were doing right, that you weren't eating clean was a big one. Mm -hmm. I was the clean eater, the small little food bubble that, (laughs) you know, never a dirty piece of food ever passed my lips. Yeah. And that really backs you. That's a prison. You know, that backs you into a corner. You can't live your life that way. The thing would, the thing is, so, and I use this example, um, this, I'm I'm a former teacher and school counselor. And when I was, um, working there at my school, we would have office birthday celebrations and take turns and bringing in treats for everybody's birthday. And I never had any, mm-hmm. I would go in and, and celebrate and whatever, but I never had any, they would pass around the cake and I would always decline. And everyone would say, Oh, Susan, you are so, so disciplined. good. Yeah. <laughs> so good. You know, and that fueled the fire, you know, that kept me thinking I must be doing this right. Look at them. They all want to be like me, but on the inside, I was like, I want to have that piece of cake. <laughs> I want the cake. And I, and I couldn't have the cake in my head because I thought if I have that piece of cake, I've ruined it. I've ruined everything. Mm-hmm. So eating clean is like a big one. And then perfection, which kind of goes hand in hand with that, Yeah, that you have to be perfect. Yeah. There's a thought that if we can't be perfect, what's the point? Mm-hmm. And that all or nothing. Yeah. 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 Unrealistic. Totally yeah. unrealistic. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Uh, in terms of that thought process, how do you with clients or members uh, differentiate between you can have these things or your, oh, I just from your standpoint, obviously we all have these conversations with clients. We all do nutrition coaching. How do you differentiate between these things are okay to have every once in a while, or, you know, you're going crazy just eating these things all the time. Well, I think, um, you know, the people that eat those things all the time could be very well, uh, borderline bingers. Right. And that's a whole different scenario. And that's coming from a whole different place. And, and one place it does come from is being too restrictive. That's usually where the roots are in something like that, where you never allow yourself to have a cupcake or chips or whatever it is. And then you find yourself just eating chips and cupcakes all the time. Cause you never allow yourself to do it. So it goes back to the no food is good or bad. It's just food. And if that is a food you love, then let's figure out how we can learn to incorporate that food into your life. You know, it doesn't have to be every day, but maybe you want to have a cupcake, whatever, or don't for me, it's donuts and pizza. Those are two things I love. Do I have them frequently? No, but do I have them kind of regularly? Yeah, I do. 
And I've learned how to do that. And that's what we like to teach our inner circle members. That's what I do with my clients. Sometimes we even pick a food Mm -hmm. and say, okay, if it's donuts for you, tell me when you're going to have a donut this week, you know, and, and have them actually work practice working in this donut to their week. And it's, it's for some people, it's a brand new experience. They've never thought they could ever do that. And they feel guilty for Mm -hmm. having that donut. They feel like they've done something bad. And, you know, you have to work through that process with them. And, you know, I'm a former school counselor. So I do a lot of that. My, my former profession, I use it every day in listening and talking to people and, um, and getting them to, to talk about that stuff. And honestly, this is my generation. We were brought up with good food versus bad food. I was brought up that way. That's how it was for 50 years of my life. And that doesn't go away like that. You know, that takes work. And there are times, times where I still have these familiar feelings come up, but the difference now is that I don't allow those feelings to dictate what I do. Therein lies where all the practice comes in. Mm-hmm. It's okay to feel. And I think we're human. We have to feel things, right? But it's not okay to let those feelings take over. Yeah. Building that self-trust and reestablishing that positive relationship with food. It's something that I think people would love to be able to walk into the room and flip the switch. Mm-hmm. And it's done. And it's, ju- it's just not like that, right? There are going to be times where you're really successful with it. And there are times maybe that you're not. But as long as you pull yourself up by your bootstraps, dust yourself off and keep after it, you're going to be successful. That's just yeah. it. What's the name of your book? It's called Fit at Any Age. It's Never Too Late. Oh, nice. I love it. Pretty much when sums is- it all up. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. When is your book being released? Uh, February 7th in like a week next week. Yeah. Yeah. I will look forward to reading that. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's, I I tell people it's, um, it's going to be very light reading, right? I mean, I'm not like a big word girl. It's not that long and it's just very light. It's my, basically it's a memoir. It's a fitness memoir. And so a lot of things that will sound familiar, the mistakes that I made, kind of how I turned it around, how Jordan and I became connected and how he has basically changed my life in every direction. And then how my business was built as a result of getting stronger in the gym and being able to finally lose weight and the confidence and all of that and how it all just shaped me. I love it. Well, it's like your, your journey is similar to that of many people that, you know, they get trapped in these cycles of, you get Garcinia Cambogia and it's going to suppress your appetite, even though there's zero research behind it, or, (laughs) you know, you have raspberry ketones and that's going to help you lose body fat and, you know, starve yourself or Mm -hmm. it's there. People get lost and they get trapped in this stuff. Or one of the most common things that I still hear today with clients is I didn't get all my, all the meals in because I, I didn't want to eat after eight o'clock. And I'm like, well, what's wrong with eating after eight o'clock? Eat something. Yeah. You're still burning fuel. You're still burning calories while you're sleeping. Yeah. You want to yeah. just, you know, hit that mark. Yeah, Because everybody thinks you eat at a certain, after a certain time, your body somehow will <laughs> store it as fat completely. Yeah. That's it. Like your body doesn't function any other way <laughs> after 8 p.m. or something. Right. It just, it just stores everything and that, and then you're screwed. Right. <laughs> it, it, I mean, I believed all that too. You know, I, I, I went through all that, all those things. Mm-hmm. I think the other one that I fell for along the way was I had to eat like every couple of hours to stoke yeah. my metabolism or whatever I'm stoking. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and that never really worked either. <laughs> yeah. You know, that was a big one for, what, I think for everybody. It was a popular so, one. Yeah. Nicole from us coming from, so we come from a bodybuilding background. Mm. 
right? And well, Nicole comes from a dance background and then did the bikini competitions, right? And mm -hmm. for me coming from a bodybuilding background, it was always eat six, seven meals a day and you want to keep your metabolism revving and you want to stay anabolic, right? And then I, that's stuff that I used to teach too, not knowing any better. And today I used to tell people, think of your body as a furnace. And every time you're, you eat, you're throwing wood into that furnace and it's burning brighter and brighter. And now today we look at the research that's coming out on that and the anabolic effect past a certain number of meals, like, you know, Dr. Bill Campbell, we had him on the show and he was talking about three to five meals is probably the range. And then anything beyond that, we pretty much think that you're not really going to get an anabolic effect or um, increased muscle protein synthesis beyond that point. Uh, and it's, you can eat however many meals really fits for you. And my general range for clients now is eat three to five, whatever you're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure this a good thing for myself, actually. And I think I've settled on four. Um, mm -hmm. I think that works really, really well for me. And one thing too, that I think, and this again, this is generational, I think, I really think that my generation thinks of a meal very differently than a lot yes. of people. A meal to us is sitting down at a table, you have meat, potatoes, da, 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 all these things. That's a meal. Yes. But when we're talking about four meals a day, that's not what we're talking about. I mean, I had to wrap my head around that a nice helping of Greek yogurt and some fruit could be a meal. You know, right. I, I didn't understand that. And so terminology threw me for a loop. Like mm -hmm. I didn't get it at first. Four meals a day. Are you kidding? <laughs> what is that? Finding what works for you. I mean, that's ultimately yeah. the best. Some people it'll be three meals, some four, five, what, whatever it is, it doesn't matter as long as you stay with whatever your calorie goal is, whether it's losing weight, gaining muscle, whatever, you stay within that target, you're good with three meals, five meals, whatever. Yeah, I talk to a lot of clients in terms of schedule. This is one of the things yeah. that I think is important when it comes to like meals and meal timing. You know, I have a lot of second shift workers, if they're nurses, doctors, they don't work the normal nine to five. So, you know, going back to the not eating after 8 p.m. I'm like, okay, so you work through your 11, but you're not allowed to eat after 8 p.m. Yeah. How does that? that work? Right. Yeah. Or yeah. you like me at where I work 5 a.m. to 2 p.m. So after 2 p.m., I'm not allowed to eat anything either. You know, yeah. like things like that, just from a, a, a shift standpoint or your yeah. normal like routine. Teachers fall into that, would fall into that yeah. category too, because you can't always just sit down and eat, you know, it's third period, you're teaching math, <laughs> you're not going to whip out your lunch and sit there and eat in front of your kids. You can't do that. Right. Um, so yeah, I think it's finding what works for you within whatever your goals are, you know? Yeah. Yep. Keep it simple. Yeah. You know, it's a, I think it's really interesting looking at your content and Jordan Syatt's and, you know, some of the content that I'm seeing more frequently today, it's less for the fitness enthusiast. Uh, or the fitness, like super heavy fitness minded individual, and mm -hmm. now more so starting to shift towards what I feel is the people that really need the help. Yeah, mm -hmm. that the, the people that are new to it, new yeah. to tracking, new to protein, especially that there's a lot of people not versed in the protein world whatsoever. Um, and then obviously the workout crew, the people that don't really go to a gym or they're afraid to go to yeah. the gym because they honestly don't know what to do. I've gotten more feedback whenever I post content like that for those people 
practical st steps on how to simplify stuff because you hear people out there saying, well, you know, you have to count macros, you have to, you know, whatever. And some, they don't even know what that means. Um, yeah. And then percentages of carbs and percentages of fats and people's heads explode. <laughs> it's overwhelming. Is wait, yeah. you know, and, and, and when you tell them, look, let's break this down. Start off by just writing down on a piece of paper. <laughs> there I go again. There we go. On a yeah. piece of paper. <laughs> Everything you put in your mouth in the course of a day, do that for like a week. Be, start becoming aware of what you're actually consuming because people, most people have no clue, yeah. right? And once they write it down on that paper, every bite, every drink, every everything, their eyes are like, holy shit, look what I'm eating every day. Mm -hmm. Just from that, they're going to start making changes, little changes, right? That's where it starts. Yeah. And that seems doable for most people, right? They just keep that pad of paper out there and every time in the kitchen, and they just literally write down a handful of this, a bite of that, that whatever it is, so they can start keeping track and, and then pair that with walking every day. Start there, you know? Yes. You, you know, just start there. <laughs> you don't have to go and lift 300 pounds on your day one at the right. gym. Okay. <laughs> just get outside and take a walk. I we talk about walking a lot. I'm obviously, I'm a huge advocate. I'm yeah. like, listen, you don't even need to join the gym right now. Just no. go walk, please. No. Just Move go around. walk, but make it a non-negotiable. Like, yeah. okay, if it's five minutes, cool. Because chances are that five is going to turn to 10, which will turn to 15. They'll find a podcast. They'll listen to you guys. They'll want to, you know, whatever. And that, then they'll keep walking, especially mm -hmm. as the weather starts to turn. You know, it's kind of tough, especially where all of us are right now. And the yeah. weather's not super friendly for that. <laughs> and that's why, actually, I bought a spin bike. So I have a spin bike here in my house now because I knew once the weather gets cold, I'm not, I probably won't be that person that will bundle up and walk. I should, but I'm just, I'm a, I'm a weenie with that. I won't do it. So I got a bike, so I will move every day. So that's a goal still movement of every single day. And as I've gotten older, I know I got to do it. Yeah. I, I just feel so much better. It's not about burning calories for me. It never has. Cause it's really not a great calorie burner. Right. I mean, that's right. not what the purpose of walking is not for that. It's for your heart. It's for your mental health. If in your joints. Absolutely. You know, for me, it's also movement throughout the day. And yes. I, I think we're meant to move and yeah. we forget that we sit at a desk at our jobs all day or, you know, even in teaching, right? You're sitting in a classroom all day. You're sitting in the car on the way to work, on the way home. Yep. And you go home and you sit on the couch. Yep. That's not good for us. No, no, it, it, it's not. And, um, you know, being an online coach, yeah, I'm at my computer all the time. So I have to find, you know, I find myself, I make myself get up. I'll go walk around the house, you know, whatever, just to get kind of the blood flowing again. Yeah. It, it movement is so underrated for people. And, and it's one of these things. And Jordan, and I talk about this a lot, how, you know, the, the unmotivated person who sits back and waits to be motivated to do something right. as opposed to the person who takes action, even many be when they don't want to, but they take it anyway and they keep doing that. And then they start to feel better. Then they start to see some results. And then guess what? They're motivated and now they're going to keep that loop going because they decided to start by taking action as opposed to sitting back and waiting till, yeah, I'm motivated. I'll do it now. You know, we could all wait till we're, you know, 95 years old before that ever happens. Right. We all, all have to push through that, that wall of friction of not wanting to do something. I mean, we all have to do that, but I think it, for something like movement, yeah, it could be easy to say, you know what, too cold. I'm not going to do it, but I go and do the bike instead. So I get my movement in. Um, and I think it's so, yeah, it's so important. I 
definitely feel better. My joints feel better because I've had some hip issues before. That's another reason why I got the bike. I'm feeling great. And at my age, that's my priority <laughs> right now, yeah. right? I want to keep building muscle and I want to keep feeling good. To all our ladies listening, come on now. Let's go. Nicole yeah. just got her Peloton. I did. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. She's I don't have, I have a Bowflex, but I'm hooked <laughs> in Peloton. I had a Bowflex a uh, at one point. I have, I've had a lot of pieces of, had, <laughs> I but I do hook into the classes. I have, I used to take spin classes all the time and I've forgotten how nice it is every now and again to have somebody else tell me, okay, this is the, yes. the menu for the day. Right. Yeah. I like that. I don't do them every day. I don't do classes every day. Sometimes I'll just spin, spin. myself. And now Jordan has also programmed bike sprints for me as as part of my leg day. So I get that fun. <laughs> as well. I just like having it I, like to what you were saying before, I'm in where I'm in Boston, it's snowing, it's freezing. And I love to walk in the spring, the summer and the fall. Like I'll go out yeah. in the fall. It's beautiful. But when it's snowing and it's yeah. cold and I work so early, I like to get my cardio in before I go. So normally I would get up, take my walk, come home, shower and get to the gym by six. But mm. oh my God, on those cold, dark mornings, it's so yeah. much harder. Oh so my God. Yes. Having the bike here where I can stay in my PJs, to be honest with you, just hop sure. on the bike and do 20 minutes, take yeah. a shower and go. Oh, yeah. It's great. I oh, love yeah. it. It's amazing. It's fun. Good music helps. Yep. Always. Always. I'm outside in the cold, loving it <laughs> with my dog who need, he loves the cold. So he's just like, let's go out. I wish a stray dog would find its way to my house um, so I could have a dog. <laughs> and then I would be, I would, you know, obviously the dog would have to go on a walk, right? I, and I'm sure I would be the one in the house that would mostly do that. Someday, I think maybe a dog will find its way to me. <laughs> <laughs> you can just find your way to the dog. I mean, yeah, I'm sure well, I'm working somewhere. on that too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on that. So let me ask you this. What advice do you have for some of the, because you've experienced this stuff yourself. So what, let's say like two or three takeaways for uh, women in terms of changing their mindset around getting older, going through menopause, going through all these changes, what kind of advice do you have for our audience? Mm -hmm. I think the first thing is you're still in control. You ultimately, I don't care what your situation is. I don't care. I don't want to say I don't care. That doesn't sound right. It doesn't matter if you have a diagnosed whatever condition, you are still in control of, of what you do and you are in control of what you how you want to do it. Um, I think that's super important because we play, I, and I did this too, we play victim that it, it's, I don't have control. It's not up to me. It, and that becomes a justification for not trying anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. I, and I think that's super important to own up to and to understand that this is a positive. We all have control. The other thing is, and this was something that changed my life dramatically. And I thank Jordan for this too, is to finally realize that there's no finish line to this. And, and when we think that there is, we start putting these unrealistic expectations on us. Like we have to perform, we have to lose weight at a certain amount or something's not right. Um, and then we do these crazy things to catch up because we're behind, we're not doing it correctly or whatever, because we have to meet this deadline, this, this line that we think when we get there, the angels are going to sing, the skies are going to mm -hmm. open up and it's just like, ta-da, I finally got here. And that never happens. You know, mm -hmm. it never happens. It's something, if we get to our goal weight, we Maybe we, we readjust our priorities, but there's always something else that we either want to do, we need to do, whatever. And it's just, we keep growing. 
And, and I think once we get rid of that finish line mentality, this burden gets taken off our shoulders and it gets thrown away. And then you can live your life. You can enjoy the process, focus on other things like getting stronger, getting that chin up, deadlifting, whatever it is you want to deadlift performance-based goals that will build so much confidence. I mean, it just becomes fun. And that's what this is kind of all about, right? We have one shot at this life here and the clock ticks and we get so hung up on, I should be losing more weight. I should be, I should be, or I only lost this pound. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, what is the word? Only and should be should be like eliminated <laughs> everybody's vocabulary because they're, they're 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 deaf to everybody. They're they'll kill your progress, absolutely kill your progress. So I really think that mentality, the whole finish line thing, that's a game changer. It's truly life changing when you can get rid of that and understand that there. Who cares how long it takes to it? This is going too slow for what? You know, it doesn't matter anymore when you have gotten rid of that, and that's pressure that's gone. Well, I think yeah. that I think that, you know, oftentimes we we set this random finish line that just that we don't know mm-hmm. anything about how long fat loss takes or building muscle. We just kind of just say, oh, well, you know, th- two months, that sounds like a good time to lose 80 pounds. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it's it's you know, and we just set this. We're so hard on ourselves. Oftentimes. Oh, and listen, I've fallen victim myself to being hard on myself in other areas of my life as well. And even with my fitness, after I let that go, it's like I kind of, you know, calmed down and chilled out in other areas of my life, too. Uh, I think the the ultimate goal, the message that I would like for people to have is it's it's nonstop and you should always just be striving to be better and better each and every day in not just your fitness, but in your financial health, your relationships with other people. Right. And just all areas of your life, your your you know, your mental health, uh, your education. Right. And it's just this kind of just lifelong pursuit of enjoying the journey and becoming uh, the best you that you can be. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, th- I think that is just that whole attitude bleeds over into everything. W- when you get to be 60 years old, you know, you're kind of looking down the line there and it's kind of like, I don't have as much time as I had back 20 years ago. And so my, you know, it's a little bit of a perspective shift for me now too. I used to think I wanted to lift deadlift some astronomical weight. And it's like, my goals kind of changed. I don't know if that's what I want to do anymore. I want to be able to continue to build muscle. So I have a functional life when I'm 80 years old. So I'm still doing this. So you'll see me in a gym at 80 years old, still lifting heavy weight. That's kind of what I want to do. I want to do this as long as I can. So it's kind of, you know, goals change, perspectives change, um, you know, and and you adjust and just not putting such hard lines on yourself and and hard, hard stops. And these, you got to do this, you have to do this, or it's not any good. I mean, we would never tell our friend that, right. We only tell ourselves that. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting thinking of things that way has really reshaped how I talk to myself. I would never tell a friend, you're not losing weight fast enough. What's wrong with you? You know, I mean, but I would tell myself that I used to tell myself that all the time. What a failure I am because I can't seem to keep my weight off. How we speak to ourselves, I think truly matters. And getting rid of these unrealistic expectations really is just a game changer for everything. Like you said. Yeah. I think a lot of women over 45, over 50, when we hit that range where our bodies start to change Mm -hmm. and we feel like we don't have control I find a lot when talking to clients that 
what they used to do when they young, they were younger, yeah. all these things that we had in our head. It's one, as you mentioned before, it's hard to change the mindset that those things no longer work. That means we're broken mm-hmm. instead of those things no longer work because they didn't work before. And you're just realizing now that they didn't work. So there's this disappointment or the shame and guilt. And so then the conversation, not only with themselves or with a coach or however it comes up to redefine how you're going to move forward. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe they're not working now. Maybe we need to figure out another way to do it. Let's together figure that out and be supportive with each other and get excited about these new changes instead of being afraid of them and feeling like, well, they're not going to work. So what's the point? Yeah. So I feel like that mindset is important. It's the la- it's the lack of self-efficacy, right? That we yeah. don't believe it's going to work. Right. From, from whatever we believed for years and years and years that didn't work. Yes. Um, so then we have just assumed that it's just not going to work. Yeah. Um, so I, I agree. Like- I, I, th- I think just, I think, I think just getting, sitting down with people and setting them up with small attainable Mm -hmm. successes and goals and things that they can achieve without having to change everything at one time. That's a big thing. People get so overwhelmed. They realize how much they have to change. They don't even know where to start, you know, and then they don't do anything. Yeah. That's what I say to clients all the time when they come and they're like, but Nicole, oh my gosh, I haven't been living a healthy life. We talked about this on a few other podcast episodes. And now I feel like I just, I screwed myself. Like, look what yeah. I did. And I'm like, well, okay, well, you can either stay there yeah, yeah. or we can yeah. have a new plan and yes. fix it or change it or take new steps to make it better. Like, and that goes back to your point about it. And there's no end point to that. There's always a possibility of it becoming better and you feeling better. So let's focus on that yep. instead of, you know, kind of wallowing. Back. I said, I loved that you just said, you basically have a choice here, right? Yeah, it's harder. Yeah, it's going to be scary. Yeah. And we can sit there and complain about how hard and scary it is and just stay right where we are. Or we can roll up our sleeves and dive in and give it our best shot anyway. And right. that is so important because it still shows that you're in control. You yeah. still have a choice here. And I used this example with business. Like I spoke at a business event about a year ago and I told, and it was for people kind of middle-aged who are starting over. And I told people, you don't think I'm intimidated in this industry being my age and everyone is younger than me. Everyone, almost everyone is younger than me. And everyone knows technology better than I do. Every single person, that is a guarantee. (laughs) And I am intimidated every single day, but I can also sit there and just say, okay, it's, I'm, in, I'm intimidated. I'm not going to do, you know, it's too much. I can't do yeah. it. Or I'm going to roll up my sleeves and do it anyway. And that's what I chose to do. Right. So you still have a choice. Is it harder for us in middle age? Yes, I do believe it is. And for a lot of reasons, maybe for, you know, former beliefs and what are, what are hap- what's happening physiologically. There are a lot mm-hmm. of things that can make weight loss or muscle building harder for us, but that doesn't mean we can't do it. We yeah. just have to decide that we're going to take control and do it. Yeah. And come up with a plan. I yeah. always say yep. this, even, I mean, I'm one of the older trainers in my gym now, You're young. you know, so everybody keeps coming to me like, Nicole, Nicole. And well, the exciting part is that I, I love to be able to be the person that people come to that. Well, you're a veteran right? too. You're a right. veteran. And that's yeah. good. That makes, when you say that, I think, oh my gosh, I've been doing this so long. But then what's exciting about that is 
things have changed. When I was a trainer at the beginning, there was like seven trainers in my gym when I was in my 20s and there was no social media. There was nothing like we just hustled on the fitness floor. We talked to people. We created that same type of inner circle that you have online now within the gym. Yep. And so now it's so much different. But I still feel like I really do believe women over 40 or anyone, male, female, whatever age you are, there's always someone that's going to relate to you and your story and your struggles and the way you present information. One of my business coaches always used to say that it's really selfish of you to keep all of that to yourself. If you have all this exciting stuff to say or these stories to share, you need to put that out into the universe and let whoever it resonates with take it. Well, you know, and it's interesting because I had a business a business friend a while ago advised me not that my clientele that would relate to me is not going to be on Instagram, that that crowd would be more like Pinterest or something like that. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, well, Jordan ended up coaching my business too. And luckily I listened to him instead of the other guy, because (laughs) let me tell you, middle age is going strong on Instagram. Yes, they are. That's how my business was built. That's how people have found me. They're there. They're looking, searching too. Yeah. Right. And the one thing I, I hear from them all the time is how they love seeing someone my age yeah. leading the way instead of a 20 something. And there's no knock on anybody in their twenties or whatever, but for some people seeing somebody there in their age bracket, actually doing, doing it, it mm-hmm. there's something about that, that they can relate to. There's this trust. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. Of trust. Yeah. And, and so that kind of has been my mantra in my, my mission. I want to lead the way. And frankly, I don't know very many people that are younger than me anyway. So I lead the way anyway, <laughs> naturally, but I, I'm trying to lead the way and be that, that person for middle-aged women to set the example that, yeah, you can do it. Cause I'm not a gifted athlete. I'm a klutz. I have obesity <laughs> all over in my family. I don't have good genes. None of that stuff. I've had to work for this, yeah. but to show you that I'm not really talented or whatever. I just decided to do something and I've done it and I continue to do it. And i just want everyone to know that they can do it too. This yeah. is nothing like special or super secret. It's like, yeah, no, <laughs> you just have to do it. You know, when you guys brought up the fact that it's difficult and you have to go through the process, I find that it's, it's just as difficult to not do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. It's like, if you think about business, so, you know, Nicole and I, starting eat right nutrition building starting a podcast not knowing what the fuck we're doing trying to build up social media over a period of time uh putting different systems in place right it's very very hard but you know what else is hard being broke and you know what else is hard is living a life that you feel is unfulfilling and dying i say this all the time don't die with your goals right if you're if you're gonna lay in your deathbed and and you still have those goals and you haven't even tried that to me is a a worse I don't lack of better terms, like hardness to kind of deal with. You're going to deal with some type of hard. It's which one are you going to choose? Yeah. Yeah. We hear that. Choose your hard. That's so true, though. You're absolutely right. Because if you choose not to pursue your goals, whether they're weight loss or muscle building or whatever, yeah, you're you're going to be over here and then look at what you're going to feel like crap. You're you're still going to have carried your excess weight or whatever, and you're not going to move. Your joints are going to hurt. I mean, you may not be able to move with your grandkids or whatever. I mean, there's a lot of, that's hard too, right? That's no fun. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's a matter of definitely choosing your the hard, the path, and then 
starting to believe in yourself that you can actually do it. Cause I think that therein is a big issue. Like people don't believe that they can do it, especially as they get older. Right. You know, I can't do that. Well, yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, <laughs> you can. I mean, I didn't think I could do a chin up with 45 pounds strapped to my waist. Well, guess what? I did that about two months ago. So, I mean, that's something that I've worked on for a long time. I would, I would have told you six years ago, there's no way in hell I'll ever do a chin up, Mm -hmm. much less one with weight on me, believing in yourself and and setting up small attainable goals that starts to change that mindset. I think that's super important along the way. Yeah, I think. Okay. So we've got, we've got good mindset talk. We've got some basic like nutrition fundamentals or foundation, and then getting moving and making sure people are getting movement in every day. Is there anything else you would add to kind of any other pieces to that puzzle in terms of creating change at any age? You know, I would say, you know, if people that are new to strength training, Mm -hmm. I, I, I am just that person that feels like you don't ever have to love it, but it's important enough for you to try to find a way to fit it into your life somehow. A little bit, right? If you prefer to do Zumba, cool, do that. Make sure you do that. But strength training is too important to not do at all. Mm -hmm. It just, from from a muscle building perspective, from a bone density perspective, functional life perspective, it's too important not to do. So a couple days a week, if you don't even know where to start with that, and you can't hire somebody to help you in person, which is what I always recommend for somebody. But if you can't do that, you know, you could do push-ups with your hands against the wall yeah. and start getting stronger with those and then bring your hands down lower and lower as you get stronger. You can do box squats, which is basically sitting in a chair and standing up, you know, yeah, sit to your of, toilet and stand yeah, up. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, though you could do rounds of those two things and make tremendous strength progress. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. You just got to start somewhere. Start where you are. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What is there anything else within your book that you discuss that we might not have like covered in terms of one thing I talk about in there is that I feel like whenever I talk to somebody on a consult call, they always they're telling me a little bit about their struggle and they tell me, you know, I train, I, I lift weights four times a week. I do hit twice a week. I'm adding running and da, 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 all these things. Yeah. And yet they haven't talked about the one thing that will make the difference, their nutrition. And so I always talk about how fat loss is a car and you have a driver and a passenger and the driver of fat loss is nutrition because you're not going anywhere without that driver, nowhere, right? You have to have the driver, it's gonna take you there. Training's the passenger. Training is the one that's gonna help you get there. It's gonna make you feel, look good, whatever, but don't rely on training to get you to the end. It's your driver of that car. And people start putting that together going, oh, you know, like my focus has always been on the easy stuff to change. Yeah. Because it's easy to add a class, right? Or to do this or to add more of that. But it's not easy to face the fact that we need to look at our portion sizes or mm-hmm. maybe start tracking what we're eating or change that a little bit. That gets a little more uncomfortable. Yeah. But that's always the driver of the car. And then I, then I tell them too, if you want to go into a muscle building phase, you want to build muscle. Well, the driver probably starts to become training because without training, you're not going to build anything, right? You can eat (laughs) in a surplus, but you have to train hard and with some intensity if you want to build muscle. So, so we've got two different cars and I think it's really important for people to understand the difference, you know, that 
Nutrition's got to drive weight loss, which is what most people want to do when they talk to me. And then muscle building is a whole different kind of conversation. But I think just having that in your head, like this is the focus. We don't need to add more hit. <laughs> we just don't need to do that. You can strength train three to four times a week, bring some intensity to your workouts, make it challenging for you, get uncomfortable and keep your nutrition in check and then get your movement in every day. That's a great yeah. combination. It's that simple. I think with the nutrition, a lot of the complication comes from people trying to do it all at once. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it's like, stop thinking about your end goal. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and Nicole, we did this for New Year's. Right. Where yeah. We talked about your vision versus your goal. Your vision is what you want to ultimately achieve. That will come down the road. But your goals really should not be, you know, I have a kind of like like a, like a new like a new thought process. Your, your goals should be your habits. Right. Yeah. And your habits are OK. Well, you know what? I'm just going to eat some more vegetables today. And then guess what? I'm going to do it tomorrow. And then I'm going to do it all week and then I'm going to mm -hmm. do it all month. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to focus on my protein intake. Mm -hmm. And like, it doesn't really matter what order. Right. So I tell clients oftentimes and for our audience listening to this, if you, you know, you're struggling to figure out where to start, write down a few habits that you should be doing, whether it's c consuming adequate protein, let's say uh, any anywhere from 80 to 100 percent of your body weight in protein, um, adequately hydrating yourself, consuming more vegetables, consuming, you know, high quality starches, consuming, you know, omega three fatty acids, whatever the goal is, make a list of, let's say, 10 to 15 different habits. Rate them all from one to 10, 10 being easy to do, one being I absolutely can't do that right now. And whichever ones are closest to a 10, then start with those. Yeah. You don't necessarily have to start anywhere and just give yourself the time to accept that as your goal and build on that. And eventually the ones that are like maybe a three or a four or a five will become easier once you've mastered the other ones. I love that. I love that. I think that's a great way to, to, to break it down. And I love to tell people, you know, is, is what you just said, stop focusing on the outcome, the end, right? And start focusing on how you're going to get there. Right. Um, because when you put your focus there, meaning consistency with vegetables or consistency with protein or whatever you choose to focus on, when you focus on that process and building those habits, the end stuff happens. That will happen, right? but you will be able to control the process. You can't control this end. It's gonna do its own thing. It's like the scale. You can't control the scale. People are focused on how much they weigh. You can't control that. The scale's gonna spike. It's gonna do its thing, whatever. Focus on what you can control, which is what you, you know, the vegetables, the protein, your, your daily habits, your, um, the process. And when you focus on that, the empowerment starts to happen, right? You, right. you feel like, yeah, I do have this. I have control then belief in yourself. And, you know, then we, then we're on a roll. I think that's it. That's all we got. I think this was a great conversation. I think you have some wonderful insight. You know, you've been through it yourself. You've dealt with it with clients. I, you know, I think that you're doing an awesome job. I love your social media. I love your content. Thank and you. I would love to see you continuing in your fitness journey at 80 years old and still producing content. I think that would be yeah. amazing. That is a promise. Yeah. <laughs> great. That I'm going to hold promise. you to it. I'm going to hold you to it. We're having you back on. That is a promise. <laughs> I, yep. I, I plan on it. Cause we plan sure. on, we're going to, we plan on being here. So we'll, that's the I goal. told Jordan when he writes that program for me, when I'm a hundred years old, I can't wait to see that. <laughs> and I mean it. And you know, he's yeah. not going to let up. So no, Oh It'll no, no. He's one. planning. He's planning on it. We, we, we've had this discussion. Cause I know I'll, I'll, I'll write it. Don't worry. I know. <laughs> he's like, you're still going to be sprinting on that bike. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I'll, a yeah, oh little God. slower, but yeah, yeah, 
yeah, well, I'm going to try. <laughs> yeah. I, I know Jordan's got that bike in his apartment and he loves uh, that thing. So every time I go up there, yeah, I'm on that bike and it's like, oh, I know his Insta stories where he's like dripping with sweat. I'm like, dude, I've had to put more work. In. Oh, my God. And I'm not a sweater until I get on that bike. Yeah. And I, I, at my gym, we don't have that, but we have the concept two bikes. Oh, yeah. Same premise, just no arms. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'll do my bike sprints in my program on that bike. Cause it's, it's, it's just easier for me than having to do tension on a, on a spin bike and all that yeah. stuff. So it's hard, but you know, it's, what's weird with this. I'm not, I have not a cardio girl, so I've not liked cardio. However, I have weirdly enjoyed doing those. Like I look forward to that at the end of my workout, my legs are trash. Yesterday was just an incredible example Four exercises, uh, on my leg day. And then I had to go do bike sprints and my legs were like trashed but I loved it. It just yeah, feels so good after, yeah. you know, just, I felt like, damn, I did this. <laughs> yes. You know, I I've it. never been a cardio person, uh, you know, cause I come from a bodybuilding background. I just like yeah. weights. Right. Until I started, <laughs> you, you play around with it. And this is what I do with clients now too. It's like, well, you don't need to jump on a treadmill. You don't need to run. You never really need to run. In fact, I mean, you, you do want to get some cardiovascular training just yeah. from a health standpoint. For me, it's now it's like uh, med ball slams or rope swings, yeah. you know, battle ropes or, you know, I bought a bicycle. So summertime, it's like, all right, I'm outside. We had we had quarantine COVID hit and I was just like, all right, I'm buying a bike and it's nice out and I'm just going to ride forever. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that was the, the biggest thing. One of the biggest things fitness wise that came from me for from COVID was just more time doing a- outside activities. Mm hmm. And just like now it's cold out now. I'm like, all right, cool. Like every Monday I'm going out snowboarding. That's that's it. I'm just doing more outdoor stuff. And love it. I think I think even that, too, for people is they don't get enough yep, play time. exposure, exposure to like being outside. They're yeah. cooped up even before covid, like they were cooped up in their houses all the time. And from a health standpoint, I really think that and, and a mental health standpoint, I really think that's something that we need to drive a little bit more. I would totally agree with you. hundred percent. It's changed. Mm-hmm. It's changed in my head too since COVID for sure. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. Well, Susan, I appreciate you accepting our invitation to come on our show. I, you have Thanks great for insight. Having me. Yeah, this this has been awesome. This has been super fun. And uh, who knows? Maybe we'll do it again sometime. Yeah. Would love it. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. It was thank, great to thank see you. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed this episode, click subscribe, give us five stars, write a review, share it with a friend, and you'll hear us next week. 